Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So when this episode goes out, I am blocking your number. Um, I am muting you from from life. (laughs) Because I'll be in Kenya. Yes, you'll be in Kenya. And hopefully it'll be really sunny and you'll be having the best time. Because we are pre-recording this as so is going to be on an aeroplane on Sunday, flying out to see her lovely mum and to have, you know, a much needed break in the sunshine yeah Yeah, I hope we get there I'm still at that phase and I put this up on Instagram a couple of days ago sending love out to everybody that's also feeling anxious about not getting back to loved ones or loved ones not getting to you Mm. um, with everything that's changing at the moment so I'm trying not to get too excited I haven't packed yet we've got to get through our PCR tests and there's a few things that could go wrong but I'm I'm positive that it's all going to be okay and that we're going to get there um so yes um, I want to. I want to check actually. If you know, if you want to, do you want me to send some photos, or do you really want? No, to, you want to no, block me. No. You're going to block me. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to block you. I'm going to mute you. No, I'm joking. Of course, absolutely. Of course, it's a little bit of escapism is what I'm going to need. No, I'll be fine. I'll be enjoying. I I should be enjoying the lead up to Christmas. By the hopefully, yeah. hopefully, if Judgey James is on good form, it will all be fine. Let's hope he is. Yeah, let's send. Who's up doing the cooking on Christmas, James? Day. It's actually we're not cooking. We're going to be at my auntie's so I don't have any of that content to contend with but I say that my mum and auntie when they get together I'm like the adult so they they just drink too much and then they forget about the cooking and then I have to step in and and sort of organize them a bit it's like a total role reversal but you know it's fine we all, we Total all role Georgia comes and saves the day from the uh, incredibly <laughs> dry turkey and the burnt sausages um I've got to talk to you about Luna's writing today because yeah it, I so it, I'm tr- I'm trying not to laugh because it's not funny obviously Luna is learning to <laughs> I sound like a terrible mother she's learning to read at the moment she's doing really really brilliantly like it's it's all going really well we're practicing every evening and after the letter that I received oh, from yeah. school, I'm oh, doing God. it every night. I'm writing in her book. And she's so sweet. She's always had these notepads by her book. And she used to just do scribbles before she knew letters. Yeah. And now, obviously, she's learning the letters. So she's she's she basically she told me that she 
had started to write her first ever book, which I think is the oh. sweetest thing. So she came in and she said, I knew that this was going to go down like an absolute shitstorm because if you don't completely understand what Luna's saying, she can flip over the edge really quickly and then all hell can break loose. So she brings in her red book and she's like, mummy, I've written my first book. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. She goes, I'd like you to read it to me. And at this oh, point, no. I thought, oh God, oh, here we go. No. So I opened yeah. up the page, right? And the first line was like, MVP, right? So that's the first word. So she goes, right, start us off. So I went, mvp, and I was like, mv. And she goes, no, mummy. And I was like, okay, what is that word? Will you read read the next word? The next word was I-S-E-E. So I thought that was Isla. So I was like, Isa, Isla. It's not Isla. And it just kept, it was getting, it was ramping up more oh, and God. more. The whole page was gobbledygook, right? I mean, bless her. And I'm not saying that this is, she's amazing that she's done this, but I can't read it out. It doesn't make any sense. So I was, <laughs> and then I started to get hysteric. So I was looking away and I was pretending that I had Pepper like up my nose. Cause I was like, if she sees me laughing, then I'm going to kill her dreams of being a novelist. I randomly so- have Pepper up my nose laying in bed. <laughs> I don't know oh. what to do. <laughs> So I was like, why don't you read it to me? So then she got the book and she was like, mm. and I was like, and then she realized that what she'd written didn't make any sense either. She's like, oh no. So she stormed out the room. And so I found her and I was like, look, it doesn't matter. You're like trying to put words together. and But it's just those ridiculously funny things that your kids do. You know, they're trying to do a good thing and you know, it's really sweet, but actually in reality, it's, it's, um, madness it's go- and it's going to end in a disaster oh, God. because when you don't understand them that's like the worst thing isn't <sighs> it because you so desperately want to and you so desperately want to like sort of encourage them to do this sort of thing and not put them off but then you 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 know you can't read her mind because no I can't if if I if I picked up the book and gone oh it was a beautiful sunny day and she'd just gone along with it we could have pretended that what she'd written was actually make matching but she didn't anyway so she hates me today (laughs) apart from that I'm busy at home I'm getting packed up I'm wrapping all the presents and I'm trying to get ahead of uh, ourselves because we're obviously leaving early so I feel like I might be failing as a mother but I'm achieving things as a wife you are Yes. And you can't have it. You can't have it all at the same time, right? You can't have it all. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> now, George, let's get into today's chat. This is actually a friend of yours. You've known her for a really long time. Yeah. So Kelsey and I went to school. Well, we went to summer school together. So we've known each other since we were about eight. And she's was always a year younger than me, but she was always and still is such a a sort of fun, bubbly, positive person. And, you know, for those of you who know her story, she's obviously going to share it with us in the podcast. I just, I feel so proud of how she's handled everything. Mm. And she's just, she's just herself and how she would be, you know, Mm. in any part of her life. She's always been that, you know, character who's always there and happy and lively. And she's just yeah. continued, you know, when something like this gets thrown at you, it's very easy to just just almost collapse, I guess, yeah. and just not want and just shut yourself off from the world. But Kelsey hasn't done that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm just in complete admiration of her because she's just so positive yeah we took a, we took a lot of strength away from from hearing her story actually mm. um and she definitely doesn't look at it as a as a bad thing she's like I've got my time with him you know we're, we're, we're cracking on we're taking every day by day and she tells us really matter-of-factly but also just really 
like really beautifully her story about Tom, her husband and his diagnosis. So let's get into it. Who are we chatting to today? Today we are chatting to Kelsey Parker. Well, welcome to today's podcast. You haven't um, actually joined your gym class because we are all <laughs> all in, in our, our gym hoodies. clothes. We're all gym clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are, of course, listening to Tuesday's episode and uh, an absolute treat today because we're actually talking to one of Georgia's old schoolmates. And yeah. in our little pre-chat just then, she told me that Georgia used to be a proper rebel and was hardly ever at school because she was uh, always <laughs> drinking the old white lightning on the ball field somewhere. Not white lightning. Don't stop bad rumours. She was bad at the number four bus stop, she was at that. There you go. I feel like we're going to get an insight into Georgia's um, childhood here today, which is going to be brilliant. But also um, the gorgeous woman that we're chatting to today, mum to two, uh, she's turned her Instagram into a blog. She's doing absolutely fantastically well. Married to um, one quarter... One yes. fifth, one, yeah, one, one quarter, fifth. One, fifth. One, fifth, fifth. one fifth of the wanted. Uh, it's Kelsey Parker. Welcome. Hi. How are you? How are you? Yeah, good. How are you guys? Georgia, tell us your setup. What's going on today? I was going to say, can we just um, agree at the start of this that this is not going to be about my teenage years because... It, it will be. It, That's why Zoe wanted me on. She really yeah. need to dish the dirt. No, no, thank you. Things like that have been left in the past. Yeah. <laughs> Kelsey and I have known each other since we were like, what, eight? Yeah, maybe? we used to go to Saturday school together as well. So we went to a dance Saturday school. We did. This yeah. is going to be excellent because I think lots of you listening might not know that Georgia actually went to... Da, 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 jazz hands. <laughs> you went to Italia Conti, didn't you? I did. We went to stage school um, for... Three three years of secondary school. You were there for right. your whole secondary school. Yeah, weekend. I went yeah. Uh, a se- uh, year seven. Yeah, I joined okay. in year nine. So, yeah. So, yeah. But we knew each other since we were eight. We used to go on a Saturday and um, spend lots of summers together. Yes. Doing musicals and dancing around <laughs> and behaving badly. Was it like a band camp set up? Like... Yeah, 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 it was, wasn't it? Like everywhere you yeah. went, you had to sing it, not say it. I yeah. remember when my mum first said to me, oh, you're going to summer school. And I was like, oh, what's that? Like, have I actually got to do like work at summer school? She's like, no, you're just going to go and have fun for like a whole week. And it was, wasn't it, Georgia? We did just yeah. have like such a good time. We did. But anyone who used to be on the train from like the Kent area to London in the mornings with a bunch of stage school kids, I feel so sorry for you. It used to be like (laughs) half seven in the morning and we'd be like singing on, on the platform, singing on the train like pretending to have arguments yeah. like wow. staging all sorts of stuff and can you imagine like 7 30 in the morning people on the way to work like they it was hated us hated it was us. awful so apologies to any of those people sometimes because... we'd sit in assembly and be like um right so the kids that have traveled in from kent today we have had complaints about you it's like <laughs> damn Oh, Damn, they got us on CCTV again. Um, Kelsey, I think probably we just ask you how you are because it's crazy time of the year. You have been through so much in the last couple of years. Um, how are you? I'm actually okay. Like I am actually doing really okay. And it's really hard when people ask me that because they don't tend to believe me that I am okay. Um, but I actually am. Obviously busy, two kids, a husband who is you know who has got cancer but yeah we're actually really good as family Mm. do you want to just take us back to when you found out so you was pregnant what were the signs what like how did how did it happen you know how did you find out so um basically tom was feeling just not himself for like the for the lead up to it so probably this was around june time 
he started feeling a bit ill and whatever and he was moaning and obviously this is like covid time so i'm like oh well you know you'll be all right tom whatever um and i think he had a seizure but i wasn't actually there so he he messaged me and he was like oh i'm watching football but i can't actually see the ball and um, i just feel really weird i think my back's gone so i was just like oh it's really strange came home and he didn't look great to be fair he didn't look great mm. And I was like, you're okay. But obviously where I was pregnant, because at this time I was probably about 30 weeks pregnant. I was like, well, if you've got a sickness bug, like you can sleep downstairs and I'll sleep upstairs because I don't want to catch anything like that you've got. Because obviously you're never going to think what it it is. No. Mm -hmm. So I think that night he might have had a seizure because when he woke up in the morning, uh, he had um, a lump on his tongue. But Tom's brilliant because he went and got himself checked. He took himself to hospital and was like, there's something wrong with me. Um, and they, they like checked him over. They're like, no, you're fine. So he went on his way. Wow. And then the next day he still thought he was ill. So he was like, when did a COVID test, no COVID. And then the following day he took himself back and he was like, there's still something wrong with me. Like I need some help. So then they went, right, let's, uh, transfer you over to another team. And we actually got a call from a doctor a couple of weeks later. And they said, um, they, they said, Tom, like what happened this, like this day, um, I remember it was a Saturday and basically Tom's story and my story were completely different. So they said, you know what, let's book you in for an MRI. So we had an MRI mm. two weeks later. We never, ever got the results of that MRI because we actually went on holiday and Tom saf- suffered like a massive seizure when we was away. Um, and In front up, of you? Yeah, in front of me, the kids, my fam- my whole family was there, which was actually great because yeah. they went in and sorted him out. I took Aurelia out of the room. Um, but even when they took him in, they were like, oh, yeah, he'll be out in four hours. Like, it's fine. Like, uh, just pack a pair of pa- – um, I didn't even pack him any pants. They said just pack him a charger. And that was it. He went off. We was in Norfolk, went to Norwich Hospital, and then he ended up staying in for three days, did CT, did MRIs, and then obviously we left with that he – they took him in – well, he was in his bed, pulled a curtain around with him on his own because of COVID. No one could be with him. Yeah. And they told him he had a brain tumour. And he was on his own when on they his told own, him. Completely. They literally pulled a curtain around and was like, yeah, you've got a brain tumour. But obviously at this time I was then 35 weeks pregnant with Bodhi. Mm-hmm. So then um, I came up to, I was actually on my way to the hospital and he rang me and he said, oh, they've said I've got a brain tumour. I said, what are you talking about? Came in and then even still, they were still saying to me that they didn't know whether it was a brain tumour or a bleed on the brain. And, and is that how he told you? Yeah, he just rang me in like a panic and rang me and said, they said, I've got a brain tumour. I said, what are you talking about? So even then, we, and also when you say brain tumour, then we still didn't know the, you know, the difference of brain tumours that you can actually have, the different stages yeah. of brain tumour. And, th- and this is your soulmate. I mean, you guys have been together for... Oh, like coming on 12 years now. Like we met at 19. We literally, when people meet us, they go, oh my God, you're like the boy and girl version of each other. <laughs> so yeah it was such a shock and obviously you never think that I never thought it I thought when he was feeling a bit I, I thought depression I thought he could have had depression that we're going to have another baby the pressures of you know financially having another yeah. baby thinking mm-hmm. what work have I got to do and yeah never never for the life of me would I ever think oh yeah brain tumor you just wouldn't you, you, your brain just doesn't go there I thought no. maybe epilepsy as well I thought he could have had epilepsy that's what I did think I was like well you know, this could be a thing. Yeah. I was just going like, what what's going through your mind at this point? Because obviously, you know, t- Tom's got his story, but for somebody that's in support mode, um, f- you know, for the love of their life, that's just been told they've got a brain tumour. But how are you? 
Like, what are, what are you I thinking? I think literally it's like fight or flight, isn't it? Literally, I just went into, right, what can we do? How can we make you better? And um, how can I support you this end? Yes, the doctors can do what they can do, but what can I do? So from day one, it was like, right, let's, we got supplements. We looked into alternative th- uh, therapies, um, you know, change of diet. I did everything that I could this end to support him. And obviously just be positive. I've never sat there and crumbled to Tom ever. Even That's when he, amazing. even the day of the diagnosis, um, we went up to King's and we came back and my best friend Kelsey was with me and and she was like, do you want me to leave you too, like to have some time on your own? I said, but what do you want me to do? Sit here and cry. Like that's not going to help anyone if I just sit here and cry. Like mm-hmm. actually take Tom out for a walk. Like go, let's do something. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it doesn't, doesn't it's like, sitting around, like obviously people deal with grief completely different, but it was, I, I'm not going to sit around and cry. Yeah. And like, be upset, let's just get on with it. Let's fight whatever we've got coming. What was the diagnosis? What was the prognosis? Obviously, you knew there you had a no brain tumor. There was no prognosis because we never, ever got one. I mean, Tom was sitting there like hinting like, oh, I said, look, we don't want a prognosis because when he was in Norfolk, a doctor rang me and um, that's how we actually got the news. He, ra- he rang me and he said, look, Tom's got a brain tumour. We've done the MRIs and the CT and you can take him home. Again, you have this feeling of, that they wanted me to go and pick Tom Tom up, but it, it, in in your head you're thinking, well, if I get him from hospital, is he going to be okay? Because you think brain tumor, yeah. you just think the worst. You don't know what to think. Yeah. So um, yeah, this doctor actually said to me, "Look, I know you're going to ask me how long's he got, how many years, blah blah blah." He said, "I can't tell you," said because everybody's body's different, and everyone will deal with uh, medicine, mm-hmm. and their body will deal with the brain tumor completely different. So I can't actually tell you that. From then, I thought when he was actually, you know, given. Um, you have glioblastoma. I never said to him, "Can we have a prognosis?" Like I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm, and not that I'm burying my head and I'm delusional because I'm not. It's the fact of no one can tell you how long you have. Yeah, yeah. And so when you, you know, had the the the, pro- the diagnosis, you're 35 weeks pregnant, and so for the next five weeks you're then concentrating on Tom obviously yeah how did you feel going into labor when obviously this COVID and and you've just found Mm. out your husband's got a brain tumor how how did you deal with that well I actually wanted a home birth because I thought that at the time Tom went into treatment so when we actually got you know you've got this you've got glioblastoma it was like yep you'll come in on Thursday you'll get your mask fitted and that's it you start radio and chemo they give you no time to think you go into treatment like that so for us, there was no thinking time. So I think that did help with me because it was like, right, let's just let's just get on with it. To be fair, I probably didn't eat or drink or do anything. Like I was in like shock. Shock. So I think that's Functioning how, shock. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Bodhi did come uh, three weeks early. He broke his own waters because I think he was just like, I need out of this because she's stressed. I need to get out. Mm. So um, they, they do know babies. Yeah, so I wanted this home birth. But it didn't happen because he broke his own waters and then he just decided he wasn't going to come. I've done that, but I'm not going to come. So we actually went into hospital. But what was really nice is they knew my circumstances. Obviously, I told everyone. Um, so we got a room and we didn't leave that room. So Tom could actually come with me from like the start. And then we just didn't leave. We just stayed there in the room, gave birth in that room. And then because um, obviously Tom was in treatment, I said, you can have one day off that's it Tom you can have one day off treatment and then literally the next day he went back to treatment and I came home with the baby it's just weird it's just so surreal now looking back at you think oh how did I how did we get on how did we do that I actually felt guilty when I was in labor because 
I've been supporting Tom this whole time. And, you know, for that, like, my my births are actually really quick. But for that, like, hour, I couldn't be there for Tom and I felt awful because obviously I was doing gas and air and whatever and I knew that he would struggle with the situation as it was. And then, yeah, so after I had him, I remember Tom going to the toilet and the nurse being like, is he okay? And obviously Tom was in, like, floods of tears in, in the toilet. So, yeah, it was all it was just traumatic, but... You know, we we just got through it. And you said there just that your births were quick. And then you said, one hour. And in my head, I was thinking, lucky bitch, what, one hour of labour? <laughs> yeah, no, because when I get induced, I've been induced both times and they, it comes on really quick for me. But the midwives don't believe me. I'm like, I need to start no, see, pushing. I'm the same. That's exactly what happened with me. Exactly the same. Because you don't think inductions work, do they? I think some people say that your induction can take like 12 hours to kick in. Well, mine kicked in. I think I, they told me to go shopping. Yes. So I was like, didn't even get out the doors of the hospital and I was like I can't go shopping are you joking straight back again it's really interesting how your body can take to it Uh, with Bodie they actually put me on the drip like to induce me and within 10 minutes I went whoo that's really hit me in the face and they were like what because I'd gone to the toilet I went that's really hit me in the face she went what the door I was like no 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 this labor it's coming on now like I'm gonna I'm gonna have the baby soon and then I, I just had these beads of sweat going out of my head. And I was like, later, I was like, Tom, it's happening. So get your head in the game. Well, wow. You're going to be a dad for the second time. And then <laughs> ju- you just did gas and air. And then and that was it. And then he came. And and even then they were saying to me, you've got four hours. Do you, you need an epidural because you're not going to be able to sustain this. So I said, I need to push. And then when someone else came in to check me, they said, yeah, she's ready to go. Turn her over. Let's start pushing. <laughs> Turn her over. Turn her over. <laughs> yeah, no, so I was like that. I was like, on all fours. I was like, oh, this, is, this is unbearable. Turn her over. Yeah, I was like, get that baby out. <laughs> she's ready. Yeah. So, and then, so you take Bodhi home. Yeah. Tom is in treatment. And at this point, is it is it radiotherapy? Do you say radiotherapy and chemo? Yeah. So, but with Tom, it's just you take chemo um, in tablet form. So he would go in to have radio, but take the tablet an hour before. I mean, that was the whole mind, like, you know, of it all, like getting all the treatment correct because you could only eat a certain amount of time before you took your chemo tablet. Then you had to take your chemo tablet an hour before radio. So that was just a minefield for me. Like, honestly, I feel like I've become a doctor. And people mm. ask me questions. Like other people reach out to me and I'm like, they do know that I'm actually not a doctor. Like I only <laughs> I went to Italia concert. I actually <laughs> probably didn't do that well in science either. Definitely I can put my leg above my head, but I cannot <laughs> take your blood, okay? <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? So Tom was going through treatment and you had a toddler and a newborn at home. Yeah. Did you feel like, you know, you you had to hold it together because you are supporting everybody? Yes. The weight fell on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Like Tom obviously was coming back and he was absolutely knackered. So he'd be in bed. You know, mm-hmm. that and the more and more you get down the radio route, the t- more tired you get so come Christmas he was just flawed like he couldn't actually get out of bed but then I think the kids were good for that because then he did get up for his kids and wanted to be downstairs even if he just laid mm. on the sofa and had a blanket on him like yeah. he was there for his kids but I don't know I just you I just kicked into you know that I had to get on with it and Bodie was really good he was so easy and Aurelia was a nightmare when we had her so thank god he was a really really good baby and um, the thing is with, with Aurelia, though, is she picks up on emotions. So she she knew her dad was ill. So she yeah. she can read situations even from a very young age. She's been able to read the, the situation. So mm. she just they just behaved as well. And also, I'm not going to lie, I had a massive support system. Like Kelsey, my mum, Tom's family, like everyone was around my auntie. Like everyone was just cut to came to help me so I was mm. so lucky even just making dinners for me bringing drink, dinners round yeah because people people do that when you just have a baby let alone with a sick husband yeah. too yeah exactly I think both Georgia and I have had this conversation sort of privately just we are completely blown away by your strength um it's quite admirable because I mean my husband turns around to me sometimes and goes can you support me I'm feeling a bit a bit low and I'm like I need you to support me okay because it's all about me and I'm really weak and I need to and then he's like oh I just I just meant like you know could you just be there and I'm like I find that really difficult um and I just think especially when you've got a new baby when you actually feel you know quite vulnerable quite tired you know a bit isolated a bit low and then you've got to be there yeah in such a strong way for your partner that must there must have been moments I am a bit like Uzo mm. before I'd be like to Tom like even when he first said he was ill I'm like oh just come on <laughs> yeah I like, just get on with it and even mm. before he had the seizure, that day I was going to my mum, like, he's driving me mad. Like, he just needs to get on with whatever he's got going on. Like, can we just get on with it? So obviously, again, I thought I thought he had, like, depression. I was like, you know, is he scared mm. to have a baby? And he was really sharp yeah. and snappy, but that's actually signs of a brain tumour. But you what, would, what is? Like, if you're, he was really, like, sharp and snappy and angry, and Tom's not that as a person. So that's why his whole personality had changed a bit. I was like, what's happened to my husband? Did that, so did that just like you know just overnight his personality changed over a couple of weeks it just sort of changed like he would really like I've got younger brothers and they're him and like them and Tom are like such good friends and like they treat him like a brother but Tom would be really snappy with them and I said like babe you're gonna have two kids soon like you can't be like snapping at Max like if he's doing something annoying like you're gonna be a a dad of two but obviously he couldn't help it he he was ill. And where was your outlet, Kelsey? Because, you know, you are sitting here saying that you uh, you had to be strong and you had to go into kind of overdrive and you just had to be there for him. But, you know, you are not made of metal. Um, and who, who I guess, what were the darkest moments and who did you go to to talk to them about? Well, I'd, I'd ring my mum. I think it's more frustra- frustration as well. Like, because mm. you can't control that person. So say, like, when Tom wasn't eating, it'd be like, can you just eat? And then I'd get upset and call my mum and be crying because I couldn't get him to eat. Yeah, like it was. It's not really been about me. Do you know what I mean? Like I've not, and it's always just been frustration for Tom because you want them to get better. My whole focus has been to make Tom better. Mm. So yeah. I, there's not really been. I don't. I've not needed an 
an outlet. It's You've not been a- thinking about yourself. You've just, yeah. every, all your frustrations have been coming down to you wanting him to get better yeah. or do something that's And you know what him. men are like when you when they won't do something. Like Tom's stubborn. If he's not doing it, he's not doing it. I'm not eating. Yeah. That's it. I'm not eating. And obviously Aurelia is still quite young, but does she have any sort of understanding of, you know, Tom's illness? Yeah, so she knows, she obviously doesn't know he's got a brain tumour. We just say, Daddy's not well and the medicine he takes makes him better. So we say that now, like, I'll go, go give that to Dad, tell him he needs to get better and then she'll go and, like, give him his tablets or whatever he's got. Hmm. So, yeah, she does, she knows. And talking about it publicly, because you've obviously done some really great interviews and you've you've kind of been very open and honest about, you know, what's going on with Tom and what's going on with you guys as a family. What have you found has sort of come back to you as a result of talking about it? Like, have people reached out to you on social media? It was the best thing we ever did, but it was yeah. a massive discussion within the family whether we went public or not. But I was like, Tom needs to go public for him because... Yeah. He needed the support from people. Tom like Tom likes to talk to people. That is him. Me and him are the, are the same like that. So honestly, when we went public, we had every doctor from around the world calling us. Like medically, it was the best thing to do. And then obviously you had other people that had what like Tom's got and they would give advice as well. And now yeah. we're in the situation where we're helping other people too. Like so many people come to me and say like, what do you do? And you're like, yeah. okay. These are the stuff that we use. Like, yeah, it's it's helped it's well, it's helped other people as well. Us going publicly, and you know, even with cancer, not a lot of men talk about cancer. No, and I guess as well, having the added pressure of trying to hide something like that would have been impossible. He, he wouldn't really. have been able to hide it either because he's obviously lost his mobility on his left side. So he had to come out publicly because people would be like, you know. What my thing as well was that if you go publicly, you know, when you are down the local shop, you've not got to have an awkward conversation with someone because they've seen it. They're not going to come. They, they'll either walk across the road and not want to talk to you because or they're going to come and talk to you and not bring that up. Mm, so yeah. I just thought for Tom, it would be the best thing. No one questions you, do they? Have you found people find sort of finding it difficult to talk to you? Yeah, I think people don't know what to say. Yeah. It's really difficult. I get it. And it, especially with Tom, they don't know what to say. But obviously... He just wants to be treated completely normally. Like we both do. We're just um, normal. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you want people to say? Because yeah, I think... Like, and obviously they're going to come and say sorry. And it is... And I get why they're sorry. Like, um, you're, you're sorry this happened. But this has happened to us. We And we have to deal with it. That's it. Yeah. Like bad yeah. things happen to people all the time. If you'd have told me 10 years ago when I met Tom... 12 years ago when I met Tom, that at 32 he was going to get a brain tumour... You know, you'd you'd never ever believe it. If you told me last, you know, two years ago that this was going to be our life, you'd be like, really? But it is, and you just have to get on with it. I was listening to Adele Roberts the other day, um, who's on radio. Once she does, um, sorry to all my heart family, but sometimes I flick on just to see what the competition's (laughs) doing. Um, And she's um, she obviously does early breakfast across the weekend, and she has just been diagnosed with bowel cancer. And she was saying that if she hadn't gone back to the doctor because she knew inside her gut, she was like, you know, I felt it, I knew it, there wasn't so, you know, I thought I had the IBS and then it was like, actually, do you know what, something's going on here. So I went back to get a second opinion and she was like, the NHS have saved my life. You know, she's been through her treatment, she had the tumour removed and there she was back. It was a month, I think, from her operation to being back on air again. But she she sent a really powerful message out to everybody being like, if you think there is an inkling or you've got a pain or something's not right or there's bleed, you need to go. That's what I say about Tom. Like, he knew there was something wrong with him he was knocking at the door going there's something wrong with me he Mm. thought it was his diet he changed his diet around like he knew that he felt funny so you know if you are suffering from headaches change of personality if you think it is depression like go and get checked 
Like even kids, kids can get this. So you 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 need to knock at the door. I mean, I've spoken to mums that have taken their kids and said they're suffering from headaches. Well, what do you think it is? Well, could it, like the doctors say, well, what do you think? Well, can you check them for a brain tumour? Because I want to rule that one out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And what's day-to-day life like now? So you, you mentioned that Tom's lost some of his mobility. How, how, like, how is he in himself? And, you know, how, how do you cope as a family, like de- on just day-to-day? Like, we're just completely normal. Like, Tom, we wake up, Tom sorts the kids' breakfast out. Like, he does training. Obviously, he's back uh, in the band, so he'll go to work. Like, it, it is normal. It mm. is not... We we're living with cancer. That's it. He's got cancer, but we're living with it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Absolutely. that's it. We just get on with day to day life. It, his mobility is weaker, but we're we're working on that as well. I mean, he probably hates me because I just nag him twenty four seven. Like use that other <laughs> arm. Use that other arm. I wouldn't use that other arm. Or can you just try and use it? <laughs> Are they going to operate? No, his his uh, tumor is inoperable. So it is inoperable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was never an option, but you know, again, we've dealt with that. That was a big thing for him in the beginning. He just wanted it out of his head, which I completely get. Yeah. So they're trying to shrink it. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Okay. And you've had, you've had positive news, haven't you? Yeah. 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 It's stable. So that's all you can wish for is a stable scam. And where are you with, um, thinking about having another baby? Everyone asks me this all the time because I'm going in for it. Well, I would like, I just... Even with the age gap now, like I was just speaking to my friend who's just had yeah. a baby, newborn, and I said, this age gap is so hard now. Like, even when Tom was first diagnosed, I was dealing with Tom, then obviously the kids, like, that was easy. Like, now it's so hard to get out the door because I've got Bodie who's, like, climbing up the stairs, and then I've got Aurelia who's, like, going to get her princesses and whatever. I find it, like, hard now to juggle. And yeah. that they're, they're more interactive with, we, with each other. Mm. So... I will leave it a little while before having another baby because I don't know if I'll be able to cope with. I think that probably like two years, like a two-year age gap. You had two under two, didn't you? Same yeah. as me. Yeah. I looked at. I was going back through photographs the other day, and I was like, I had two babies. I actually yeah. had two babies. What, what was your age gap? So there's 19 months between Luna and Kit. I mean, people call them the twins now. Yeah. They're exactly yeah, the same weight. He's such a little unit, and he's got these like traps and this massive bum he takes after his dad. <laughs> or me um and um yeah I, I just I was just going back through photographs and I was like even just, like you said just simple tasks even just getting them out of the bath like one's crawling off the yeah. other one's put like it is harder yeah and he's really on the move he's so active that I'm like can you just want <laughs> to just sit there and like want to play with a toy just one toy not climb everything <laughs> so it's gonna be a little while <laughs> tell us about you and your career what's happening there and how's it like because you're just content creating and you know yeah. superman basically yeah I'm just busy just so so busy which I'm so thankful for and obviously this has given us a new purpose now because I'm busy even just talking to people like I'm saying people think I'm people actually so I was gonna say time. when I think about it so you've got your stage school yeah you also run mother and baby groups don't yeah. you and then you have your sort of online presence that's a lot <laughs> And then I'm a mum, yeah. And then so, you're a mum, yeah. Yeah, I am doing a lot, but I don't know. You just you just get on with it, don't you, and do it. I don't know. I love you it. Think I wouldn't. The busyness is helping. Yeah, you guys. Mm. The I distraction. You know and... what? I've never had a day off work. Like the only, as in, I, I never took time off work. About time, like I just continued working because that gave me like some another purpose. 
like, oh, I, I run a dance school. Let's go and be Miss Kelsey. And also kids are beautiful because they won't ask me anything about Tom. Mm-hmm. I go there, I teach, I do whatever. The kids like hug me and whatever, but they don't say, oh, how's Tom? What's well, he doing? that's your outlet, isn't it? Yeah. And it's so lovely because they don't, they, even uh, Tom came to the gala on Saturday, they don't treat him any differently. They're like, oh, yeah. Tom's here, right, we better perform and do whatever. So it is so lovely. I think that's helped. I think having the performing arts school helped me massively. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we filmed a documentary as well. So I've just had no time to think. Like mm-hmm. when, when I do interviews and stuff, people ask me questions. I'm like, I've not even thought about that. Like that's a great question because mm-hmm. I don't think you have time to think. I just get on with each day. I, we live each day. That's it. So what does date night look like for you guys? Do you, have, do you ever carve any time out for you? Do you, go, do, you go, do you like to go out to restaurants? Does he cook? Do you yeah, cook? Well, I think COVID's been like a downer on that. Like obviously now since things have reopened, yeah, we try and have like a nice meal once a, a week at home. But yeah, it's, uh, it's having the kids, leaving them, getting childcare, isn't it? So I know. I know. It's, all, it's all more admin. Would you would you say you're trying to make the most of every day now? Like you're just you you know you want to make the best of every situation. Yeah, and do lovely things and do nice things, but you want to do that anyway. There's nothing, and this is what Tom says when he looks back actually at his life and what he's achieved and what he's done. Like we have done the most amazing things, been on the most unbelievable holidays. Like we have done so much now. So our our now is making sure our kids have the best life yeah and you know what you never know in life like you don't know there there is a certain amount of like well I don't know sort of not ego but like we just all think we're gonna live to old bones like yeah. you know we hear just you know oh yeah my great granny was 90 and did it and we're like just don't really know what's going to happen to any of us at any point and that living each day as it comes if, if if covid taught us anything it was like one minute it was all okay and the next minute it wasn't and we were all locked up in our houses and who knew when we we're going to see our friends and family again and it's kind of put everything into stark contrast of just like we've just got we've only got today yeah. we have yeah. only got now and mm. that's what i always say anything can happen to anyone at any time And that's like with the whole journey we've been on. Like this was unexpected, but we are living life and we are getting on with it. And what about Christmas? Let's just just, just end on a bit of positive (laughs) Christmas festivities. What's going to be happening in the Parker household this Christmas? So we've not decided yet whether we'll sleep at my mum's house on Christmas Eve or not, but we always (laughs) spend it at my mum's. So it's always a good time, apart from obviously last year, because one, you couldn't, you was only in your bubbles, weren't you? And also Tom was absolutely floored at Christmas. So he's just excited to actually have a lovely Christmas. Drinks, mm. family, be jolly. Christmas <laughs> be <films>. jolly. <laughs> be positive. Be positive. Before we wrap up, what is the best piece of advice that you've been given as a parent or that you would give to a new parent? Oh, okay, right. There's quite a bit of advice, but... Go for it. I think, like, my mum's had four kids... And she just says to me, they're not an actual extension of your arm. They're their own person. You let you need to let them be who they want to be. You guide them through life. You don't tell them what to do. Guide them. Love so that's that. when they are being a bit naughty. That's not a reflection on you and your parenting. That's them. That's them. Yeah. That's them like being that. them. Because it is. It's so hard. You know, when you just, they go through the different stages, you're like, they're pushing. I mean, we've had the swearing stage that you're yes. like... You sat there and I'm running the playgroup and I'm like, yeah, that's my daughter saying them words. Um, yeah, Kit dropped a packet at Chris the other day and he went, I heard him go, fucking out. And I went, oh, did you say fucking out? And he went, yep. 
That's our new word. Fucking yeah. hell is our new word. She falls yeah. off on it and she goes, ah! I mean, you might as well go straight in with the big ones. Yeah, no, and it's uh, it's the oh before she goes, oh, oh fucking hell. hell. <laughs> and it's the, it's, it's the southern accent as well. But again, like, they're not, an ex- she's not an extension of me. You know, she's finding her own way. She's exploring words. She's exploring language. I like yeah, this, Kelsey. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Don't, no judgment. Um, no and if you could um, give us your top products, the products that you absolutely live and, and die and swear by at home. So either products for baby or products for you. For baby and for her, she's got like the, the curly hair. So it's the My Little Coco range from Rochelle Humes. Literally is a lifesaver yeah. before nursery. Bit of a brush and then her hair looks great. Um, and we, since we, cause we've moved house, um, their sleeping just went up the up the wall like they wouldn't sleep and I have got something called glow dreaming and it's absolutely amazing if your kids are struggling to sleep what is it it's like it goes in their rooms it does like aromatherapy essential oils it makes pink noise not white noise and it um also has a light so the light you you gradually move through the lights you at bedtime it's green and then you put it to red and it makes them sleep and it has honestly oh. been a life changer and i i have posted about it and it is because people are like do you mean this about this product i'm like yes it has yeah. actually saved my life oh brilliant glow dreaming okay great and what about for you what are your your sort of Nothing. Look at me. No, you look amazing. Like, yeah, because I've had like treatments last week. Like people are like, wow, your hair looks nice. Your eyebrows looks good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've got into the salon and had my eyebrows done. Really, uh, a bit of coconut oil. Oh, you love a bit of <laughs> coconut oil. I don't even use face product. Where'd you put it? Over my face, my dryness. Like I honestly, I don't even use any beauty products at all. I don't. I don't use any creams. Nothing. I'm the worst person. <laughs> Give it I 10 mean, years like me and you'll be like that. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm pretty much allergic to everything. I put it on and then I come up with all like crust everywhere. I'm like, nah, it's not working for me. Bit coconut, coconut oil. Coconut oil is the best thing, yeah. Um, and on that note, we will love you and leave you. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming thank on the podcast. You. What an absolute treat to chat and you've been amazing. And um, yeah, we'll see you in the new year for festive drinks. Yes, you still have festive yeah. drinks in the new year, right? 100%. Of you have yeah. drinks yeah. at any time when you have any two kids. Yes. <laughs> Kelsey Parker, what a woman. I know, seriously. They say positive Parkers and they really are. Mm. Um, I don't, I, I guess until you walk in someone's shoes, you don't know how you would handle a situation, but mm. I don't think there are many people that could handle a situation in the same way that she has mm. um, and she does. Um, and we're two kids to look after as I well. I know, I know. And just so much going on, like her stage school and she's trying to obviously do TV work to raise awareness. Um mm you know around cancer and living with cancer it's a lot but she's doing it with a smile on her face and I just hope you know when she said there's one thing that kind of stayed with me when she said I don't have any time for me you know this isn't about me I just really hope that she does look after herself in all yes. of this actually mm-hmm. um because right now she's sort of giving everything two children you know a sick husband um trying to raise awareness trying to keep everything going uh, she does need to think about herself i think sometimes yeah I completely agree with that yeah. but thank you to kelsey for coming on and, and sharing it with us and thank you for your strength and positivity what a, what a, it was an amazing episode to kind of you know here at this point in the year where you can you know you can be so caught up with doing all your own things and there's so much stuff going on and so much pressure and stress to get Christmas done and sorted but actually it kind of breaks it down that we only actually have today 
and exactly. you know we've got to live for the moment yeah yeah and we just need to spend time with the people who we love while we can um exactly exactly um listen as always we would love you to rate review subscribe and give the podcast a little follow and please i know you guys are really busy but please keep sending us your photographs of where you're listening to the podcast george's particular favorite i do love it um but any from the beach maybe not (laughs) i'm joking i'm not bitter Um, but any suggestions for um guests for the new year or topics you'd like us to cover then please just drop us a dm we're on at made by mummers and we'll be back on friday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.